I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we read about the whole. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. What's today? <laughs> I don't even know what day it is. Is it Tuesday? Tuesday it is. I'm Matt. I'm in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, face-to-face. That's how you deal with the uh, local Farm Bureau agent, your hometown hero. I'm not even waiting on anybody today. I don't need a text to get it going today. It's Tuesday. I'm feeling good. Got a lot of stuff I want to talk and with you about, chit-chat with you about. So I'm going to crank it up right now. Hey, 100 grand, you've trained me. You don't even have to text me. Here you go. Truth is, I needed to sneeze, so I thought I'd go ahead and play the sonic boom while I did that. Roll your windows down, turn it up to 11, and cover your kids' ears. Damage their hearing. Let's check in on Roger and see how he's doing. Hey, Roger. What's happening? What's happening with you? Jamming. Man, I turned it up so loud. I'm like, I'm watching the waveform on my recorder here, and it's just pegging out. <laughs> it's just pegging all the way out. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love the sonic boom. How you feeling now? How do Man. y'all feel about it now? Get fired up. That's the way to start the show right there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, today is a very um, special day for people who like to drink beer in Hattiesburg. Okay. <laughs> Do you know that? Now you have my you have my attention? I now have your attention, huh? Well, actually, I guess the news would be yesterday. But the deal is, uh, Roger, they announced yesterday that Southern Miss is going to sell beer at football games in the stadium. You see it? No, I did not know that. They are. You go to Hattiesburg. <laughs> this is a go... The Southern Miss Golden Eagles. What kind of noise would a drunk eagle make? <laughs> I had to slow that one down a little bit. <laughs> Just slow it down. Yeah. Okay, we did it. We did all right. Beer sales coming to Southern Miss home football games. Uh, news came yesterday. I will admit this. I will admit it on the air. I will not say who said it. But I spoke to someone yesterday. I told him this, a friend of mine, and they said, 
Yeah, well, they need all the help they can get getting people in there. <laughs> okay, I'm not making fun. I'm just saying the reaction to this by a lot of people is, well, no wonder they're first in Mississippi to do this because they really need the help getting them in here. The beer thing is not the only thing they're doing. Here's the story. Beer sales are coming to home football games at the University of Southern Mississippi for the first time. Now, it's not happening in Oxford yet, and State has pretty much said, we're not doing it. Southern Miss Athletics announced its sale of beer and light wine will begin with the September 28th game against UTEP. Fans 21 and older with a government-issued ID can purchase beer and light wine at eight locations throughout M.M. Roberts Stadium. Stadium will sell beer and light wine until the end of the third quarter. So the miss wine. And what is light wine? Is that what is that what people do when they don't get enough coverage of their team? <laughs> well, football football fans, it's all heavy whining, <laughs> hard whining. There ain't no light whining going on around. Ain't here. no light whining in football. <laughs> Go crowd in baseball. I'm making a note. I'm going to actually just go ahead here and a little pause on the radio. I'm going to make a note to get that sound clip of what Roger said and distribute Uh-oh. that on Twitter later because that was fantastic. Is that what people do when they don't get enough coverage of their football team? <laughs> boy, Roger. It may be, you know, middle of the day, but you're already in, you know, Five o'clock somewhere form. Out of boy. Well, I carb I carb loaded for the show. Okay. Oh, you two did. potato two potato logs. I'm ready. <laughs> That's good. Okay. So yeah, they're gonna sell it. Um, here's the other thing though. Though say they're gonna start with the September 28th game, home games in Hattiesburg, selling beer and light wine in the stadium. They also announced a bunch of uh, lower prices on concessions. They call it fan friendly experience enhancements. <laughs> My imagination's going wild. Well, look, Roger, I'm like looking at this paragraph in this story, and my first thing, I always, when I read stuff, I paraphrase it. I've done that my whole life. It's part of my issue. It was part of my issue in school. I don't have time to read every word. I'm just going to, like, glance over it. I learn things visually anyway. I have one of those photographic deals, so I just glance at the page, and I can pretty much paraphrase what's on it. (laughs) But it can also be to a detriment. So when I go back and read, I'm like, yeah, they lower the concessions. and then, But what they say in the story is fan-friendly experience enhancements. Okay. Why use many well, words? Dolly did. What was it Kevin on The Office said? Why use lot word when few word do trick? <laughs> uh, mobile ordering, new fan-friendly pricing, new concession offerings. Here you go. Hot dogs, $2. Now, look, I don't care who you are. You can get all into some $2 hot dogs. Hot dogs are 2 bucks. Hamburger, 3 bucks. This is my personal favorite. Pretzels, $3. Cheese nachos, 3 bucks. Funnel cake, 5 bucks. Large popcorn, $3. Small popcorn, $1. You can't go to Dollar General and get popcorn for a dollar. A water bottle will cost you three bucks. <laughs> the necessities. Uh, Sixteen ounce fountain drinks, two dollars. Look, State did this last year. They're that, gonna give you water with sugar and flavoring in it for cheaper than a bottle, just plain old water. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, evil. 
Yeah. Look, um, we'll let you know how much the markup is on that $1.99 20-ounce Diet Dr. Pepper sitting on my desk. <laughs> Roger, literally yesterday, I went to the gas station without my wallet. I had two $1 bills in my pocket. I go in there, and a 20-ounce was $1.99 of a Diet Dr. Pepper. And I knew, I knew I couldn't get that because I only had two bucks, and they were going to charge me taxes. We you got the need a penny, take a penny. You know what I did? I put $1 back in my pocket and just bought a 12-ounce can of Diet Dr. Pepper. <laughs> it has been so – I don't – I cannot oh. remember the last time that I walked into a gas station, bought a 12-ounce can, one, of a soft drink, and walked back out. And it was like 85 cents or whatever that was. Okay, but that's the story. Let me tell you, though, something I was thinking of, and this is a you know million-dollar idea, and I'll just let whoever can finance it or capitalize it do it. Yeah, let's hear it. We need some kind of Grubhub service within the stadium. Okay. I just order, order on my app. I'm right here. Boom, bring it to me. Yeah, but, well, look, it says this right here. Um, Are they going to well, do that already? Well, it says mobile ordering. Southern Miss also, okay, fan-friendly experience enhancements for football games, including mobile ordering, which I think what that is, look, if Order. you if somebody's listening, help me and Roger out. I haven't done it. Roger, I think that is where you order it and maybe even go ahead and pay for it, and you walk up there and just pick it up. And it's still not ready when you get there? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I, I has really my don't. experience with these apps. Hey, but what you're saying is you want it delivered to your seat. Well, you know, they're already, you know, delivering, you know, like the baseball games. You got your peanuts and your cold, you know, the beer at some places. Yeah. Why don't they just uh, bring the whole concept? You know, and this whole thing about beer, you mentioned it. Roger, when I was a kid, and I, the first time that my dad ever took me to an Atlanta Braves game at Atlanta Fulton County Stadium, the spectacle of the whole thing is just something that is seared into my memory so clearly that I, it made such an impression on me. The and I've I mentioned it before on this show, but for little you know eight year old Matt who thought that the Atlanta Braves were just everything to go there for the first time and you walk up that entrance ramp from the concourse out into the stadium to find your seat. And the first time you walk up out of the shade into that sunshine and your eyes peer over and you can see... (laughs) Yes. That green grass. The perfectly manicured infield. This huge gargantuan stadium. It's just like, oh my. It's the spectacle of... They could have not even played the game. And I would have thought... I was in heaven. But then also, for a kid who grew up in the home whose dad was a Baptist preacher, we, you know, the truth is, I never even really saw or laid eyes on any type of alcohol until maybe I was in high school and I went to a party or something. Yeah, so as a kid, I never even saw it. <laughs> you know, of course, the Atlanta Braves were brought to you in part by Bud Light. The official beer of the Atlanta Braves. You know, I saw that every time they came on TV, but it was never in my house. It was never around it. And so you go to that first Atlanta Braves game, and here come people walking by you going, cold beer, right? And they've got the little plastic tray that's holding it so they don't spill it. Scandalous. 
Well, I'm just like, man, all these people drinking all this beer. Why are they drinking all this beer? <laughs> I'd never even seen it before. And it was such a spectacle to watch this guy. He'd pull out a glass, and then he'd pour it in the glass. And, you know, and you're at an Atlanta Braves game, and it's July the you know 28th, and it's a million degrees. And even though you don't, you've never had beer, you're like, well, it looks pretty good. It's icy. As soon as they pour it in the glass, the glass frosts over, you know. <laughs> guys seem to be enjoying it. And people just shelling out the cash. And guys, you know, as a kid, you're watching grown men buy like two or three at a time. <laughs> and you're like, whoa. So I just wonder what it's going to be like at a college football game for the first time in forever at M.M. Roberts. And we're going to be selling beer in the stadium and just guzzling it down. And I'm not getting into the debate. It is all about choices. The debate is just like Roger tells me that it's a real thing. The beer drunk versus the whiskey drunk. It's true. I'm an idiot. I think if you're drunk, you're drunk. I don't care what you're drunk on. You know, you can go out here and accidentally eat some old watermelon. <laughs> and you know you're drunk. If you're drunk, you're drunk. No, I'm not. Well, I think after a certain point, but the whiskey drinker is going to get there a lot quicker. A lot quicker. It's going to yeah. He's going to have a lot higher blood alcohol level. It takes a lot of beer to equal that. And people but, go, well, wouldn't you rather people I'm like? No, I would rather there not be drunk people driving around me on the way home from the game. Well, absolutely. But it's a fact of life, isn't it? Okay, we are at a point in society where it is a fact of life. We hope all these people come with designated drivers. That's it. And the thing is, it is a personal choice thing for everybody. Just like George Jones said, it's choices, Roger. I've had choices. Remember this song? Oh, but I love George Jones. There were voices that told me right from wrong if I had if you'd listen, no, I wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be here today, would you? Calling somebody to bust you out of jail. With the choices I've made. You got to make choices. I had somebody tell me one time, basically, that because they don't sell beer in the. I like drinking. They told me that it was basically the school's fault for not selling beer in the stadium that frat boys stand by the entrances and down their cups of whiskey. It's the school's fault. Yet, it's the idiot mama's boy over here in his blazer throwing his bangs back, and he, he's the one making the choice to guzzle that whiskey before he walks in the stadium. Not the school. Told me right from wrong if I had listened. Sing it, George. Come on. No, I wouldn't be here today. Moving and dying with the choices I made. George Jones. Come on. All right. The Divinity Equipment phone, 995-1059. You can be a part of the show on the Divinity phone. Bradley is up first. What's up, Bradley? Not much, Matt. Yeah, I work security at the State 
university. I've worked parking. I've also worked inside the stadium. And I assure you, they're bringing in the, the, the alcohol regardless whether or not they sell it or not. Mm-hmm. We do our best to stop it, but you can't catch everybody. That's right. But if you sit there and actually offer beer, you know, maybe more people will choose to drink beer over, say, liquor. Mm. You know, people are going to still drive home drunk, but they would be less drunk if they drank beer <laughs> compared to liquor, especially if you control it in the environment. Okay, that, and Bradley, you know, on that, again, I think what we're talking about here is I just don't buy the idea, and, and kind of what you're saying lends to this, I don't buy the idea that this in any way, in any way, is a decision that is going to curb people's alcohol issue or drinking whiskey. You know, the whole, hey, people will be beer drunk as opposed to whiskey drunk. No, they won't. You think they're not going to drink whiskey if they want to drink whiskey? If they want to drink whiskey, they're going to drink it. And then what are they going to do? They'll come in the stadium and bring it with them. Right, and I don't care. They can sell as much beer as they want to. The whiskey drinkers are going to drink it. That's true, but it might also help keep people in the stadium for longer because there's people that will leave halfway right. through the game because you know, crap, they ran out of whatever bottle they brought with them or whatever. Starting to sound pitiful. Maybe they might stick around for more of a complete game. Yeah, so, that is a good. I mean, point. it's all dollars. It really is. I mean, that's what it boils down to. They're going to do it to make money. And if you sit there, maybe people would stay longer and, you know, not just make more money all for yourselves, but, uh, you know, maybe people stick around. So, hey, they get hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, know, I think um, it's – I will say this, Bradley. It's really going to be interesting to – like you, for instance. You work security. You know what it's like with people sneaking it in. I wonder what we're going to see. Oh, yeah. I'm just curious what we're going to see going forward. And, man, listen, I appreciate you listening in for your call. Thank you. No problem. Yeah, call me anytime. Yeah, when I first saw the next caller, um, Roger, I saw the name George. I kind of got spooked there because we just played George Jones, and then we got a caller <laughs> named George. Is Long this, distance. <laughs> is this, uh, is this um, Louisville? Okay, this is Louisville, George. Okay, what's up, yeah, George? Not Louisville, Louisville. What's up, George? Hey, guys. How we doing? Great. Man, I haven't talked to you since I can tell you the exact moment. Uh-oh. It was head-to-head, and it was the Andy Kennedy deal at the tournament in Cincinnati and, all, <laughs> and talking about alcohol and what have you. That is the last time I talked to you. That's been a long time ago, George. That's been a long time, but I mean, hey, it's kind of. Alcohol was involved in that deal, wasn't it? <laughs> Woo. Yeah. But uh, I got a few takes. Uh, one, I'm going to go with my Louisville Cardinals. I don't know if you've been to the Young Center or not, but, uh, I mean, they have full bars and all that stuff. But but what he did, the reason why he was AD of the year for two years in a row, he, he did all three stadium, baseball, football, and then the Yum Center, where they border right up to the campus, but they're in Louisville. Mm. So they could serve alcohol because they were not on campus. Yeah. So the revenue that was generated was obviously insane. Now, I, I just look at these deals. The whiskey drinker's going to drink his whiskey, and then he's going to go inside and he's going to drink beer. Mm. And if he's next to an Arkansas fan and he, or something And he's going like to call that, that or, sobering up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. 
it's just an ultra. Trying to knock this yeah. whiskey out, man. <laughs> yeah, got to do it. But uh, and I'm dehydrated, so maybe this one, <laughs> this white beer is going to hydrate me. <laughs> but the logic, the, the problems I see are twofold. One, how they're going to do it from a standpoint of miners. I mean, you know, man, if you go, you go get two, and your 20 year old nephew or whatever the case, hell, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It, it, and you take it back and give it to him. Yeah, you got that. And then the other thing, the escalation, you already have enough. Like I said, if you're sitting next to somebody that's an opposing team person and then, you know, you already got enough of that going back and forth, mm. you fuel it with high-octane fuel. And those are the two things that would concern me the most, going back to the previous uh, gentleman who's been involved in security and what have you. So, I mean, there's obviously going to be issues that need to be dealt with. Um they're going to do it. We were all in, well, I'll say we were all in college. I like to say that because I like to think that. But <laughs> uh, we're going we're gonna to find it somewhere. I mean, I'm 62, so we're going to find it somewhere, somehow, some way. But they got to the security and the control. They just got to do the best they can. And after the first game, then adjust accordingly to where the issues were. And, yeah. uh, well, and I hey, think everything will be okay. Yeah, George, and, you know, ultimately it will be okay. Appreciate your uh, your phone call. Music has started. Call me anytime. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. You know, well, man, attendance has been something Southern Miss, they, they're trying to improve it any way they can. If they had uh, beer in the stadium at MSU, it's not going to make you go buy one. No. Nah. I think just the drinkers are going to drink. That's just my, that, what makes some money off of it. Th- that's right. It's going to make the money as opposed to somebody else making it. In just a few, Scott Strickland, the athletic director at the University of Florida, is going to be on this show. Formerly the AD at Mississippi State, so he's coming up. And then later we're going to have Patrick McGee from the Sun-Herald. Patrick covers Southern Miss. One of the guys who was involved in breaking that story yesterday that, um, according to the school, in Hattiesburg, Southern Miss going to sell beer and light wine in their home football games beginning on September the 28th. They've also lowered concession prices. Now, one question uh, we'll have for Patrick is this. There is a Mississippi law, Mississippi Code Title 67. Alcoholic beverages, 67-1-37. Powers and responsibilities of Department of Revenue. So Mississippi Code Title 61, sorry, 67-1-37 Part 1 says the Department of Revenue under its duties and powers with respect to the Alcoholic Beverage Control Division therein shall have the following powers, functions, and duties. And it defines it's a whole bunch of stuff. And then it very clearly says in, again, talking about State laws, Mississippi Code Title 67-1-37 Part 2 says this. I'm looking at it. No alcoholic beverage shall be sold or consumed at any public athletic event, at any public school, 
community or junior college, college or university. <laughs> well, there it is. I mean, could we be more specific? Yeah, I mean, no alcoholic beverage mm. shall be sold or consumed at any public athletic event at any public school, community, or junior college, college, or university. Well, how did they get around that? How did they get around it? That's what I want to know. There's obviously some way around it, uh, according to Southern Miss. I just wonder what it is. Maybe Patrick. It's science. It's science. Going to Ron. Oh, Ron Burgundy. I love that, you know, the, the diving board scene with Ron Burgundy. You remember that one? What's, he, what's, what's the line on that one? That's the one he says, I need everyone oh, to please. stop what you're doing and listen. And as soon as he had their attention, he said, cannonball, and jumped in the pool. <laughs> Somewhere along the way, they got down to the nitty gritty. So anyways, let's get down to the nitty gritty. Oh, I love the coyote in the background there. Nacho Libre. Uh, speaking of entertainment, just real quick, today is a huge day in the history of television because on this day, August the 20th, 1989, NBC gave us the first ever episode of Saved by the Bell. Who are the characters in Saved by the Bell? Zach, Slater, oh, heck, what was the guy? Screech. And then you had the three females, the three girls. Who were the, what were their names? I was not a fan of the show. I hardly ever watched it. Uh, but it was a big deal. Saved by the Bell. But of all of the cast, the least likely for you to have thought might eventually make a porno, <laughs> made a porno. Made one? Screech. Right. Oh, Screech did that? I don't even want to think about that. Screech. Okay, uh, Virginia's Finest, well, you were on a bit ago on the Divinity phone. I think the music cut you off, so feel free to get back in. Now, to everybody texting the show, it's your time now. 100 Grand, Isabella, Tiger David, Fluffy, Matt, Jonathan Bigglesworth, The Mailman, More Bully, Nick, everybody, here I come. Here is your texts. Read aloud on the show. 100 Grand said, boy, Matt gave me thumbs up because we played the... Um, Sonic Boom, right off the top of the show. Ben says, as opposed to fortified wines, I guess. We said light wine. What is light wine? He said it's as opposed to fortified wines. I, I don't know what it is. I don't even know what that is. Isabella says the SEC has already approved the selling of beer starting this year. They have, but again, you got the state law, and I don't know how Southern Miss is getting around it. Tiger David. Schools are doing this everywhere, Wyatt, so making fun is making you look bad. Attendance is down because of TV. I'm not making fun at all. I didn't make fun. Just is what it is. I don't care what they do. Everybody's going to make fun. a choice. We're not making fun. You can show up, knock on my door with a, you know, a truckload of whiskey. Free. I don't want it. You make your choice, I'll make mine. Fluffy. I like whiskey and beer together. A Boilermaker is my favorite. The older I get, the more I realize public is not the place to get intoxicated. Too many chances for regret. Mm -hmm. 
Matt says, do y'all think Ole Miss and State are using USM as a template for the alcohol discussion and will make a permanent decision depending on how it goes there? Well, there's no question that everybody at State and Ole Miss will be watching how it goes, as well as around the, the conference and around the country because stats, you know, if you get a big enough cross section of this and if somehow statistics start to show you that you do have less incidents, uh, accidents, car accidents after games. I mean, I don't know if there's somehow some overwhelming positive effect from a safety standpoint. By the way, then you ought I'd like to, to know what that what the stat is now. Did they keep up with that? I mean, yeah. is there a a rash of automobile accidents around stadiums no, during I mean, football season? I mean, you know, now? No. I mean, there are some, but I mean, I'm sure that sure the police stay quite busy a little later on in the evening. That's the thing. I mean, I think a lot of the stats are just Again, I don't know. It's just strictly a do you want to do it and make the money or not. I mean, that's really what it is, and I just don't care either way. Uh, Jonathan says, as a Bulldog fan, he laughs at MSU saying, we ain't doing it, except in that uh, pretty new baseball stadium we just built. We have a special room in the Omaha Club where everyone gets a locker. In the middle of the room is a bar with a bucket of ice, a stack of MSU cups, and a great assortment of drinks. It just so happened to be the most popular drink, mixers. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, because that's right. I, the private, not private, but the, um, what do they call them? The suites, the premium seating in, in pretty much any stadium, including on campuses now. You've paid for that locker. You've paid for that, paid for that space. So you just bring your own stuff in, right? Store it. What's going on over in the M Club? I mean, they got kind of a pass on that too, right? Yeah, I don't know. You're talking about, well, the M Club down in the south end, and that's – I guess. I mean, I don't know that there's alcohol That's a private in there. club, right? Well, it's for the M Club is former players and that's what I'm saying. I mean, families and of, stuff. Yeah, yeah, and I, that's the thing. I haven't been it's in not there. What, it's not what you'd call public, though. Right. It's not like they've rented that space out. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife and daughter have spent time down there just hanging out during games because I'm in the press box, but I've not been in there for games myself. Again, I'm so uneducated on all this. I, I just, it's just not, I mean, it's not my cup of tea. There's not my cup of bubbly. Whiskey. Whiskey. Um, all right. Divinity Equipment Phone, Phil in Mendenhall. Hey, Phil. Just going to make a comment. Oh, yeah, uh, please. I, I heard um, when this came out a few months ago, and Ole Miss was one of the first ones that were talking about it. They said, and I don't have all my facts, so take this with a grain of salt, but there's some kind of resort status mm. that the school can apply for that gets them around that. Mm. And Ole Miss was, I think, one of the few in the state, or maybe only one, that had already applied for that resort status and had a, 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 had that approved. And, you know, what's involved with that, I don't know, but... Yeah, that's what they were saying was the way they were getting around it. You're—it's a resort type atmosphere or something. How okay. they do that, I don't know. But Ole Miss supposedly has already got theirs. I got you. State hey, has not. Phil, I appreciate that info. I'm sorry to cut you off, but the music has begun. But I appreciate the info. That makes sense. Thank you. Yeah. So maybe that's the deal. Maybe that's the deal. All right. First game of the year going to involve the Gators. Their AD, Scott Strickland, scheduled to be on with us next here on the show. Stick around.
to the Matt Wyatt Show. Back on the show. Football is back. The high school season around the state of Mississippi beginning on Friday night here. Cannot wait. I am going to the Red Carpet Bowl in Vicksburg on Friday. I'm going to watch Warren Central, led by those Morgan boys. I'm watching them play somebody. I don't know who they're playing. But that'll be the one I watch on Friday. And then, of course, you get Gators versus Hurricanes, Florida versus Miami. Kind of kick things off for you this weekend on Saturday uh, around uh, the country. Every college football fan is going to watch it, every single one of them. I guarantee you they'll watch it. Guarantee you. What a great slot to be in here with uh, a couple of games um, in the month of August, or a couple of weekends in the month of August. And you can, by the way, you'll be able to hear that if you're listening to my voice on our Jackson Central Mississippi affiliate, WRKS The Zone, ESPN Radio 105.9, you'll be able to tune in right here and listen to Gators versus the U this weekend. Florida Athletics Director Scott Strickland is a Mississippi native, and he's on your radio right now joining us from Gatorland. Hey, Scott, man, this season kind of came around quick and even quicker for you. It got here in a hurry, it seems like. It is hard to believe that uh, August 20th and we got a football game four days away. And you're right, it's a short summer, uh, but you know everybody loves college football, and the sooner it starts, the better, right? Yeah, absolutely. When did you start working on this game? Um, I, it was last December. It was, it was uh, right after the uh, the weekend where the conference championship games and all the CFP and bowl pairings came out. Um, that's a time when there's a lot of activities in New York City that. College Football Foundation has their uh, Hall of Fame dinner. So I was up in New York City and ran into uh, Kurt Darges from ESPN who uh, on the streets of Manhattan there, and he walked up and just said, hey, there's this idea floating around of asking you in Miami to see if y'all be interested in moving your, your game that was originally scheduled for your week one, August 31st weekend, to move it up as part of a celebration for uh, this, the 150th year of college football. And, and you know, it seemed like a great opportunity and, and uh, had to get instantly approval because it was a special request. Did we lose Scott? I think we lost him. Both schools were in support. So it's going to be, you know, uh, this is the time of year when, as you mentioned, in the, in the uh, when you were opening up there about high school football and everybody's excited for the sport. And there's in the past few years, there's not really been that tentpole game that first weekend. Uh, to kind of kickstart things, and, and we're proud to be a part of it this year. It's really a, a thing where, too, I mean, people are so amped up. What a boon for, for <laughs> you know, uh, you guys in terms of the entire country will lay eyes and watch your first game. You know, and if you're on that 31st, you're competing with a lot of other games, and fans are in their own stadiums and stuff. But I think, I mean, it's like the one time slot all year, Scott, where you're pretty much guaranteed everybody's going to watch you unless you go make the national championship game. Yeah, it, it, no, no question. It's a great platform. And given the, the history of, of the series between Florida and Miami, I think that makes it unique also. The fact that it's at a neutral site in the state with the two schools makes it really unique. It's, um, you, you don't see this kind of matchup very often. And 
Florida and Miami used to play annually, and, and uh, that stopped in, in the late 80s. And between 88 and I think uh, for about the next 15 years, they didn't play at all. And, and we played sporadically in that time. So uh, this is the uh, first time in four or five years they played. We just announced today, actually, that we're going to do a home-and-home home with the Hurricanes starting in 24 and 25. Um, which will give us 10 power five opponents those years, which is something we're working to, to do a minimum of going forward. Um, so it's, but it's, it's really a unique rivalry and, and it's two, uh, you know, two teams that have won national championships in the last 20 years and, and there's a lot of history there. And, uh, it, it's, I think it's going to make for a compelling matchup. No question. Scott Strickland, athletics director, Florida on your radio, Florida versus Miami kicking off the season this Saturday. New Miami head coach Manny Diaz coached two different times for Dan Mullen at Mississippi State. Scott, what's your relationship like with the guy who will be running the team on the other sideline this Saturday, Manny Diaz? Well, um, I, I'm a big, I'm a, a big fan of Manny's number one, and I uh, consider him a close friend. And uh, you know, you never like having to go up against your friends, so that part's not going to be any fun. But, but really proud of him, and uh, I think he's going to end up doing a a really good job there, Miami. He's a, he's a you know really smart, great competitor. Uh, he's about the right thing. He's got a lot of integrity to him, and um, it is ironic the uh, you know the fact that his very first game as a head coach is against uh, uh, Dan, the guy that you know he worked for for a couple of years. And ironically, Manny was telling me this this summer. I didn't realize that his his second game as a head coach is against Mac Brown, who he obviously worked for as defensive coordinator at Texas. So. Um, you know, it's it's ironic that he started his head coaching career off that way. But I think Manny will do a great job. I I know he's going to have that team ready to play this Saturday, and and uh, you never know that first game. You know, you know from your playing days, Matt. You know, mm-hmm. um, a team changes a lot from week one to to week eight to week twelve, and that first game, there's so much excitement, there's so many nerves, um, the things you've been working on uh, against your your own team and, and inter squad and scrimmages and practices for the last four or five weeks. It, it you know, they act a little bit different when you're in real time with, a, with you know, a, a large stadium and a big TV audience. And so it's going to be curious and, and interesting to see how, how both teams respond to that. And, and uh, you know, obviously Dan in his second year here and Manny in his first year there will, uh, will kind of add to the complexity there. Sure. You know, for you and this Gators program, a year ago you win those games, you run Michigan out of a bowl game, and, yeah, I mean, every place has got some off-the-field stuff you deal with from time to time, but it just looks from a distance like on the field and, and from a wins total last year, year one for Mullen couldn't have gone better at, at Florida. Um, is, is that the right perception to have of the program right now is the feeling is that it couldn't have gone better a year ago? Yeah, there's you know there's a lot of momentum from that year. You know the fan base is really energized and excited, and you know to to come off uh, you know in 2017 when Florida was won four games, and uh, you know and then Dan came in and and you know had uh, had a great uh, resurgence from a win total standpoint. You know won some big games. Uh, you know beat FSU, beat Michigan in the Peach Bowl as you mentioned, beat LSU here in the regular season, went to Tennessee and won that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and and to, to get to ten wins, win a New Year's Six Bowl. Uh, you know, another thing, and, and we, you know, um, I was asked about this during the coaching search that you know what's important, and, and uh, everybody wanted me to say that offense was important. What I said was was you know 
this place it needs to look fun. It needs to, you know, we need to be having fun. And, and there wasn't a lot of fun going on. Hmm. I think the fun kind of started coming back a little bit. And a lot of that does have to do with offense, right? People want to see uh, the team move the ball up and down the field. And, and there was a, a great improvement uh, last year over the not just the previous year, but the previous several years. So there's a lot of excitement from the fan base because of that and, and, and because of the improved play on offense. And, um, and just the, the sense that, you know, they – uh, I think Gator fans feel like when their team steps on the field, they're going to be well coached and prepared and, and have a shot in any game they play. So there's a lot of momentum. You get in the off season and, you know, people make mistakes and, and you've got to deal with the consequences of that. And, and they're going to have to deal with the consequences of that. And, and, and you know, that, that gets dealt with. But, um, you know, when, when the games start playing, there's, uh, you know, that, that excitement and that tingle kind of comes back and everybody kind of focuses on what's happening on the field. Sure. Well, Scott, I appreciate it. Um, here in the middle of the week, what's game week? It's like you work all summer long, finally game week comes around. And Is there a feeling on a Tuesday of a game week of you kind of have the hay in the barn now, or, or is it like a mad dash to Saturday? You know, I get the sense from a football perspective that it's, uh, you know, that it, it feels a little bit like a normal game week. Uh, you know, much like most universities, this is the first week of classes. In fact, classes started today uh, at UF, and, and so there's a there's a little bit of a buzz on campus that uh, comes from that, and uh, and so there's there's a lot of excitement. And and but, but from a football standpoint, everybody's excited. You know, it's a little different because it's not a home game. And you don't have all the responsibilities that come with hosting a game. We're going to uh, you know jump on the bus Friday and and you know drive two hours down the road, hour and forty five down the road to Orlando and. Get in the team hotel and and uh, then you know get ready the next day to play a football game. So uh, I think there's a lot of excitement. Um, you know, our this team's camp started I think July 24th. So um, mm. so they they've been at it for a while already, and and uh, I know they're looking forward to stepping on the field at Camp World Stadium and seeing what uh, comes of that outcome. Yeah, we can't wait to watch kick off the season. The U versus the Gators in Orlando. It can't get much better than that. Scott, I appreciate it, man. It's good to hear your voice. And we'll talk to you soon. Good luck this weekend. All the best, Matt. Take care, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's Scott Strickland. Y'all follow him on Twitter. He's the Florida AD, just his name, at Scott Strickland. Not the Georgia baseball coach, even though they share the same name. He's uh, the other Scott Strickland. (laughs) And Scott, in his, what, third year at Florida as the AD? Last year was Mullen's first year as the head coach. Florida is ranked in the top 10 in the preseason stuff going into this game on Saturday. They are, I think, number 8. Is that right? Number 8 in the preseason AP. I know they're in the top 10. Anyway, and, and Miami's not. Florida favorite in the game. If you're a gambler, you've already known that. A little better than a touchdown. All that kind of stuff. I, I you know, if somebody said, hey, Matt, tell me what you think is going to happen. I think Florida wins the game pretty easily. Um, I think Diaz will do a good job. He'll have them playing good defense. You know, at some point there'll be a physical team there at Miami. They're going to start a freshman quarterback and against those Florida athletes with the old vet Todd Grantham running that defense at Florida. I just think that Florida defense will chew Miami up, spit them out. I think Florida wins it pretty easily when it's all said and done. But it sure is going to be interesting to watch. Six o'clock on ESPN on Saturday night at Camping World Stadium in Orlando, and you can listen. On our Jackson Central Mississippi affiliate here of the show, The Zone 105.9. Hour number one in the books. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.